Chapter 10 The big question is still, what are we doing here? Cassie said, when at last all of us had been brought together. That's what we'll find out, soon as these handlers leave, Prince Jake said. Tick-tock, Rachel muttered. We've been in Morph for a long time now. A voice said. Loudspeaker, Cassie remarked. Look at the handlers. The handlers were heading for the exit. They were moving quickly, very quickly, in a hurry to be out of the room. I assumed they had somewhere else to be. The others made the same assumption. We were all mistaken. Cassie, you want to demorph and bust us out of here? Prince Jake asked. The rest of us might as well stay in these morphs for now. Someone could come back in. No problem, Cassie said. Then maybe Axe and Marco can get us into that computer over there. Maybe we'll learn what this is all about. I had not noticed a computer. It was outside of my limited range of vision. Cassie began swiftly demorphing. I spent the time considering what we might find in the computer. I was confident that I could easily break any Yerk security measures. But once into the system, I still might find nothing. I watched Cassie's softer human features begin to emerge from the chimpanzee, watched the fur melt and smooth out to form her own human skin, watched her legs strengthen, her arms weaken. Chimpanzees are proof of the unpredictability of evolution. Many humans think evolution involves improvement. Of course, it does not. It merely involves survivability. Often individual capabilities are lessened in the process of moving toward a survivable species. Humans are clearly weaker than chimpanzees, but their brains are much more capable. Well, somewhat more capable. Cassie was entirely human when the door opened. From the first tiny noise of the handle being moved, I realized our mistake. It wasn't that the handlers had somewhere else to be. It was that the handlers didn't want to be here. And when the door opened, I saw the reason why. If there had been any slight doubt that the laboratory was Yerk Run, the creature who stepped through the door, followed by three cringing, Terrified, human controllers put an end to it. He stepped boldly into the room, swaggering like the conqueror he was. He was Andalite in form. His host body is an old Andalite warrior named Alaron Semitor Koras. But he is no longer Alaron. He was no longer an Andalite at all, except in outer form. He was Visser III, the abomination the only Andalite controller in the galaxy. I leapt at the bars, unable to control the urge. Visser III did not flinch. Cassie! Rachel yelled in thoughtspeak directed only at us. Cassie was furthest from the door, but in two more steps, Visser III would see her. Remorphing! Cassie said. But... Distraction! Prince Jake yelled.
we started screaming, but the visor was indifferent. We were caged. We were an inferior species. The great Yurk Visser was uninterested in us. In fact, he seemed bored, like he was performing some tedious duty. Of course, it was just a routine inspection. Only by monumental misfortune had we encountered him. And in two seconds, that misfortune would turn fatal. We were caged. Helpless. Poop him! Marco yelled suddenly. What? Marco swept his hand across the bottom of his dirty cage. He grabbed a handful of, well, of dung. A swift overhand throw. The product flew. It hit Visser 3 full in his face. Poop him! Marco yelled again. I swept my big chimpanzee hand across the cage floor and without pause threw the items as hard as I could and with as great an accuracy as I could. The result was that a large glop stuck on Visser 3's right stock eye. Yaha! I cried in sheer glee. It was an unusual tactic. A desperate tactic. But I must say, it was truly satisfying. Chapter 11 The six of us hurled biological waste product. Then the genuine chimpanzees, sensing a game, joined in. The air filled with product. Visser 3 was covered within seconds. So were his human controller assistants. The four of them beat a hasty retreat through the doorway. Now that was fun, Rachel said happily. Cassie was fully chimpanzee again. The tactic had succeeded brilliantly. Then, from beyond the door, came the thought-speak sound of Visser 3's rage. Kill them all! I shot a look at Prince Jake. One of the human controllers must have argued with the visor. Wham! The door blew open. A human controller landed on the floor. One of his hands had been reduced to a stump. The hand itself lay nearby. I don't care if they're test animals! Visser 3 raged. His voice lowered to a sinister, insinuating, false-friendly tone. I'm here to close this facility anyway. Phase 2 is already a success. This series of tests has been suspended. Y yes mister So I want them all killed. Do you understand me? He said calmly. Y-yes! Y-yes, yes mister What? No argument? You don't want to question my orders? The visitor asked pleasantly. He arched his tail forward and almost caressed the human controller's neck with the blade. No! N no, Visser 3! Never! The visitor withdrew his tail. He bent over and picked up the human controller's severed hand. He looked at it with interest and then tossed it to the injured man. Here, reattach it and destroy these creatures. He turned and stalked away, but then stopped. 
Bring the taxons in from the control room. No point wasting fresh meat. Visser 3 disappeared. One human controller was holding his own hand. The other two were very pale. Visser 3 is not a leader who believes it is important to be popular with subordinates. Chapter 12 That's our signal to get out of here, Murko said. The human controllers left the room, practically knocking one another over in their haste to obey Visser 3's orders. Demorph, Prince Jake said. First! No one needed to be told twice. The Tuxans would not take long to arrive. I demorphed to Andalect. Cassie was already human. She kept morphing. Maybe a fly. Maybe a flea. I could not be sure. I saw antennae. I saw bizarre mouthparts. But mostly, I saw her shrink. She kept morphing only long enough to be able to squeeze between the bars. Once out and free, she stopped her morph and quickly returned to human. She grabbed the keys and with quick, trembling hands, released one endolite and three humans. Tobias was hawk again and simply walked through the bars. Cassie began to open the other chimpanzee cages. What are you doing? Murko asked her. I'm letting them out. You heard what Visser 3 said. They're going to be killed. All we have to do is morph to flies and go out through the door, Murko said. Once the Texans get here, I mean, no one is going to count the chimps. But if they get here and find nothing to eat, the Yurks are going to realize they've been had. They're going to know we were here. You guys can go, Cassie said. Her eyes flashed. Her jaw muscles worked. They are signs of determination in humans. Murko's right, Prince Jake said. We can make a clean getaway. If they realize we've been here, they'll be on guard at the meatpacking plant. It'll make it harder for us. Not if we stick to chimpanzee morph, Cassie argued. Yeah, if we went to grizzly bear and tiger and all. But what if we only do chimpanzees? I looked at Rachel. She smiled. I'm in. You always back, Cassie, Marco said angrily. Rachel shook her head. Nah. I just like the idea of the chimpanzees getting some back, you know? Cassie was already halfway into chimpanzee morph. Rachel was following. I waited to see what Prince Jake would do. So much for me being in charge, Prince Jake muttered. Then he began to morph. We had just all made it into chimpanzee morph when the door opened and the first taxon pushed his slithering bulk into the room. The needle-sharp rows of legs skittered on the tiles. The round red mouths gaped. The row of jelly eyes glittered. There is an earth animal called a centipede. It is similar to a taxon, although a hundredth the size. And I do not believe centipedes are cannibalistic. A taxon's hunger is so great, so overpowering, that even the yerk in a taxon's head cannot control it. A taxon will eat any living thing, including another taxon. Taxons are cruel, but not strong. Perhaps they would have been able to attack and kill disunited, especially peaceful chimpanzees. 
but what they faced were not chimpanzees. They faced chimpanzees animated with the will of their much more intelligent and much more violent cousins, Homo sapiens. What awaited the taxons were creatures with all the tremendous strength and agility of the chimpanzee, united with all the war-making skill of humans. <laughs> the taxons cried in giddy anticipation of a meal. <laughs> The genuine chimpanzees cried and retreated to their cages. But six of the chimpanzees waited calmly. They had armed themselves with a variety of weapons. A screwdriver, a chair, a computer monitor. The lead taxon reared up, ready to slam its upper third down on us. You know, I really, really hate taxons, Rachel said. I stepped in swiftly and struck straight up with a wrench I had discovered. The taxon's soft underbelly opened like a moistened paper bag. <laughs> Rachel moved fast. She rolled in beneath the taxon and yanked off one of its sharp legs. Now she had a weapon. The lead taxon motored its dozens of legs and tried to scramble back. Too late. It had been injured. Its blood was flowing. The other taxons surged into the cramped space and attacked their own creature. The Yurks in their heads were no doubt doing all in their power to stop the cannibalistic massacre. But nothing can control a taxon's hunger. Prince Jake grabbed the exterior door, the one that led out to the truck. But the door was locked from outside. We had only one other choice. Let's bail, Tobias said. Right over them, into the lab. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I don't really have anything to, to put at the end of this show, uh, this time, this week. Um, sorry it's a bit shorter than usual, I guess. Uh, blame that on the ghostwriter who made a, like, three-paragraph chapter. Uh, in the middle there, which is great for me as far as recording and editing and got that done super fast, but um, obviously made the episode a little shorter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't got any messages, but if you'd like to write in, you can do that through a variety of ways. Long-time listeners know it's um, the Gmail, audiomorphscast at gmail.com, the Tumblr, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, uh, the other ones, uh, my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's uh, the apodcalypse, like apocalypse, with the D in the middle. Uh, what else do we have? We've got a Twitter that's at Audiomorphs. That's where I post when things are late. Um, and Apple Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a review there. I'll read that as well. Um, other than that, again, thank you for listening. And uh, I, I guess I'll see you next week. That's all I got. Thank you so much. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>